This podcast was first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South community access radio station. For more information on Fresh FM, as well as links to other great local podcasts, go on our website freshfm.net or download the accessmedia.nz app.
Well, a very good evening. It's Sunday, July the 25th, 1972. That was uh, Dennis Coffey and Scorpio, which of course is... Hello, Jack. Hello. Scorpio, best star sign around, probably, if you believe in star signs. Oh, right. I, Scorpio? Mm. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't know anything about astrology, do you? N- not that much. Not that much. I was walking in, Jack, and I was just thinking that we're coming on a Sunday evening when it's, it's like dark and raining mm-hmm. why, why aren't we doing kind of like morning shows or, or daytime radio you know because we're entertaining and mm-hmm. informative we should be on like breakfast or something shouldn't we yeah sure except that we're working usually aren't we yeah yeah we, know, we, so we can't do it unfortunately yeah. we have to turn them down uh-huh. exactly. if they offer us the Monday morning breakfast show or something yeah anyway 972 you, you were saying that it's full of controversy and not very nice things and terrorism yeah. and all that kind of stuff. We should actually men- mention that because 1972 is marked by significant tragedies and scandals. Yeah. Um, so to start off, I'm going to talk about the Munich Olympics uh, attack, uh-huh. which happened in um, well Munich, Germany, and it happens to um, members of the Israeli uh, Olympic team. And so what happened was these um, these terrorists had um, broken into the Olympic Village. They scaled a two-meter uh, chain-link fence with lots of weapons. Um, they knock on the door of the wrestling coach, um, Mosh Weinberg, and then wrestling coach Mosh Weinberg and Josef Romano, who was a weightlifter, they attack the terrorists and are killed, but then the terrorists hold uh, nine uh, Israeli hostages, and they are Olympic athletes. Um the terrorists then demand the release and safe passage to Egypt of 234 Palestinian and non-Arabs jailed in Israel um, in exchange for the hostages. Um, so the Germans, you know, pretend to, you know, negotiate an agreement um, with um, Egypt and they're trying to, you know, they're talking to Egypt. But uh, the prime minister, as is Sedekid, said he, he wants nothing to do with this. He didn't want to become involved because um, I guess they, I don't know why exactly. Mm. Mm. Um, and then what unfolds is this um, sort of disastrous handling of the entire situation where all of the hostages die yes. and um, three of the terrorists survive, um, at least I think who are left at the scene, and then some of them escape. Yeah. It's a so they get taken to the airport, don't they? Yep. Uh, you know, to, to this, this kind of, and then there's a gunfight at the airport and mm. that's when a lot of the deaths occur. Yeah. And um, fun, fun, um, well, how should I say this? Uh, thankfully, the terrorist leader who kills all the hostages, um, his name I think is Issa, he is killed at the scene. Right. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, it's just a tragedy, isn't it, really? Yeah. And uh, uh, one of the contributing factors to why um, it was so badly mishandled was because Germany didn't have counter-terrorism um, uh, force and they didn't have it for the Olympics. They didn't have any professionals for that. No one was expecting something like that, I don't think. No. Although there had been kind of... Yeah. Uh, you know hijackings and things like that yeah and as before, far as I understand West Germany was um, not a country that had any significant sort of um, policing or military at the time and even still today they are still sort of cobbling together a military force because of their past of yeah, um, yeah. losing a World War Two. I would say so yeah yeah, yeah. so so we're currently having an Olympics in Tokyo hmm. even you know this year uh, and and they did honor honor the um, the Israeli athletes who died mm, uh, at, at the ceremony, yeah. which finally, which is, and you know the, the families of those athletes have been lobbying for that for like years since yeah. it happened, I think. And 
uh, so finally they've been kind of recognised. Mm. So that's something at least, I guess. Yeah, something at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm, yeah, uh, but now because of that, um, most European countries now have a counter-terrorism for- terrorism force um, to deal with this if it ever happens yeah. again at a, at a big event. Yes, yeah. Mm. It's hard to deal with, isn't it, if you're not, not used to it, I guess. And, and those were the early days of those kind of things happening. So kind of... Kind yeah, of hard to only the German, uh, the, the Munich police were had to you know handle the entire situation, yeah. which was also outside of their speci- um, specialty as well. Yeah, um, but still, it makes it mm. it doesn't um, lessen the tragedy. Yeah, um, yeah. Any, anything anything less horrible happen? Anything you can just oh, we're just Watergate, <laughs> Watergate. Yeah, w- Watergate's. Watergate's kind of funny, isn't it? We'll talk about that maybe we'll, we'll a bit get later, to that shall later. we? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a uh, uh, who's this? Ah, oh, Burning Spear and a song called Slavery Days. You're right. 
as Burning Spear and Slavery Days. I must apologise to people who like reggae because we don't play enough reggae. Mm, do we, we don't. And I apologise. Mm. I do like reggae, but I just. Anyway. It's finally becoming bigger in the 70s. Yeah. I, I, yes, yes. But it's been around for a long time. Yeah, it, it was around like, in the 60s, but I don't think it was that well. I'm not trying, trying to ignore it, but um, anyway. Mm-hmm. A bit like jazz, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and country music and pop music. Anyway, um, so Watergate, big thing, 72. Yes. So, so, if, so if anyone who doesn't know what Watergate is, just explain it briefly. So the Watergate scandal was when um, some White House operatives end up burglarizing offices of the nation, the Democratic National Committee, um, okay. and then it ends up ballooning into Richard Nixon resigning. Right, okay. So Republican operatives from the government mm-hmm. break into the White House. Uh, Not from no, the government. Into, into the They're wa- part of the White House um, staff. Staff. Okay. But they're part of the Republican mm. people. And they, yeah. bre- they break into Watergate, which is the home of the Democratic um, Committee. Yeah. It's yeah. the hotel where the and Democratic National Committee is having meetings at. Yes. And they break in and do what? Uh, they start wiretapping the phones. Right. Okay. So they can be able to get information. Right. Um, okay. So what most people get wrong is that Nixon had a direct hand in this. He was authorised this. Um, and he, the American public... The majority of them at the time believe that Nixon did have a hand in it. Right. But apparently there's no evidence that he ever authorised this or even knew about this when it was happening at the time. So you just said apparently there's no evidence. Yeah. But there might be. Just that we haven't seen it. Yeah, I, we have no evidence has ever been produced. You'd think it would have emerged by now, wouldn't you? And you'd think it would be yeah, emerged yeah. because of just the scandal and the constant coverage of it. Yeah. But there, there, there hasn't been any evidence that has been unearthed of it. Mm. Um, do you th- do you think th- here's the thing? So either he knew about it, which makes him uh-huh. guilty of con- conspiracy and some sort of crime, or he didn't know about it, which is pretty dumb if you're the president and your operatives are out bugging the Democrats. Well, here's the thing: I don't think Nixon should have ever known about this, or could have known about this, because these um, White House operatives were apparently. Um, I mean, they were a part of the um, committee for the re-election of the president. Yes. They're just operatives, the low yes. level. And, right. you know, the, the president is not going to personally you know, choose every single person that's going to be on his re-election committee. He's going to delegate yeah. the job to someone else. Unfortunately, that someone, someone else is the ringleader and was the person yes. who had the idea yes. of going okay. and okay. burglarizing you're, you're clearly, you know, you're the hotel. defending Nixon very well. How did it all emerge? How did this come? How did the scandal? So the real person who was behind all of this was a guy called G. Gordon Liddy. Yeah. He was general counsel to the committee for the re-election of the president. Yes. And he proposed the idea. So he's the guy that really should be known for this. Yeah. But he's not for some reason. And um then you have he has you know the the five who burglarize um the hotel was Virgilio Gonzalez, uh, Bernard Barker, James W. McCord Jr., uh, G- Eugenio Martinez and Frank Sturgis. And they are all charged with attempted burglary and attempted interception of telephone and other communications. Right. So they were all arrested, weren't they? Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah. and the scandal only, only came about because of two reporters. The two reporters who had a source inside the government that um, gave them knowledge of this. Right. The reporters were called, um, let me see, uh, yeah. Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward. Mm-hmm. Washington Post. Yep. And their source, well, uh, they didn't reveal it anywhere near the events at the time but eventually in 2005 it was revealed to be um, their source uh, former deputy director of the FBI William Mark Felt Senior there we go so a really mm. high up official in the FBI yeah it's a big scandal and the, the end result was 
uh, Richard Nixon resigning. Mm. So it brought down the government? Well, it brought down, um, yeah, one mm. Um, mm. Yeah, right. government, yeah. Pretty much. All right. Oh, it, it's a fascinating story, and we could talk about it for hours, but we won't. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is Steely Dan, and probably a quite an apt song, really. This is called Dirty Work. Yeah. Steely Dan and Dirty Work, which is probably about Watergate, but I don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I know <laughs> it wasn't. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Um, so you're 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 quite taken by Watergate. Um, I think it's because um, there was some additional context that Nixon never um, argued for, or not or presented to the American public, and apparently uh, for Lyndon Johnson's administration and Kennedy's administration. Um, low-level operatives would actually do intel-gathering operations um, where they would wiretap and they would um, burglarize 
yes. um, the opponent's um, offices and their um, rooms. But uh, this wasn't public knowledge. It wasn't um, publicized, um, public, published by the press. Um, and even before Nixon's resignation, he was pressed by one of his friends um, to make this information public. But um, instead, Nixon decided to resign anyway, um, which is, um, I think, um, shows something about Nixon's character that um, he thought more about um, perhaps uh, the government mm-hmm. and you know the running of. Um, it was a noble thing, do you? I think it might have been. A noble you like thing, Nixon, maybe. don't you? Um, I think he's come. I, why, why well, I like think historians are unfair to Nixon. Right. I think they're really he's gone, unfair. He's gone down as as not the greatest president. Yeah, he, th- they've painted him as one of the worst pres- presidents, as yeah. someone who's w- without any you know reputable character. Yet he got elected in a landslide in 1972. So the American the, public the, clearly saw something in him, and so then he got everyone out of <laughs> Vietnam eventually. <laughs> You're saying because the American public voted for him, he's good. Um, You're implying the American public have taste, Jack. Uh, and okay, <laughs> that's a bother. Anyway, you like you like Nixon, mm. and that's fine. Is it because he's a bit of an underdog? Because he's a bit. Oh yeah, I also I, 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 I admire him kind of being like able to win against, um, being able to make a comeback. Yeah, he had yeah. The, one of the best um, political comebacks ever in American history. Sure. Uh, from you know being disgraced in 1960 to winning in 1968 on a completely new and yeah, um, original yeah. um, campaign. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But although it's um, a questionable one, yes. uh, okay. it I worked. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else from 1972? Uh, well, talking about the Olympics, we're not going to go back to the Munich Olympics, but um, the Winter Olympics happened in 1972 as well. Did it? And it happened in Japan. Did it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Sapporo Olympics, they were held between February and uh, February the 3rd and 13th. A total of 1,000 athletes from 35 different countries participated in 35 events. And um, the Japanese government spent a lot of money on this Olympics <laughs> just to upgrade uh, Sapporo's city transportation. Yeah. Yeah. I think they spent a lot of money on these Olympics as well. Uh, yeah. And, and they're it, probably not going to get much back. I don't know. Well, I hope they do because... Um, it's sad just to see that the stadium's just empty and, like, mm. you know, no one cheering because there's no one there. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, like... But, I mean, you know, the athletes need to compete, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, it's very important. All right, thank you, Jack. This is uh, Hugh Masekela in a crisis.
was Hugh Masekela and In a Crisis from the album Home is Where the Music Is. Uh, this is Totally Wide on Fresh FM and it's 1972. Mm-hmm. Tell me more, Jack, about 1972. I've forgotten it. It's been so long ago. Okay. Well, you were only like eight years old, weren't you? Eight. Or yeah. seven for most of the year. And then yeah, probably. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Actually, so I, don't remember, I don't remember 1972 at all. I don't remember anything much until before, I don't know, okay. 75 probably. So, um, for technology, there were some uh, innovations. Uh, HBO launched in the US as the first subscription cable service. Really? Yep. Well, it's been around that so long. Cable TV started in 1972. Yeah. Huh? Mm-hmm. And um, I think that was, um, well, of course, that was helped by um, innovations in technology. Uh, Apollo 17 landed on the moon. This was the last um, mission to go to the moon. Did anyone get out? Uh, yep. Uh, two astronauts, Harrison Schmidt and Eugene Cernan. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't it, you know, I've said it before, probably, but, you know, these these people walked on the moon. I'd never heard of them. Yeah. Lots of astronauts were, well, not lots, but wow. there's a few dozen who few ended dozen? up. Wo- a few dozen? Or like 36? Oh, okay. Maybe a dozen or so. That the people don't know, most people don't know about. Next week, I want you to tell me how many have walked on the moon. I want to know the exact number. Okay, sure. <laughs> if that's all right. Fair enough. I'll try to find out myself as well. Uh-huh. But um, it's just just kind of sad, isn't it? Really, it's like the person who you know came second in something. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, the reason why I think is because most people aren't interested in the scientific, you know, experiments that were conducted with the moon. Uh, the information that. Um, the moon is actually a chunk of the Earth that was um, dislodged from the Earth because of an asteroid hitting the Earth. Yeah. was a scientific discovery that was made um, after the moon landings and was actually a massive, you know, a breakthrough in science. Yeah, and especially for our understanding of the moon and the Earth. But no, nobody le- um, learns yeah. about stuff like that. Most people just know about the event of people, you know. Standing, landing on the moon for the first time. Yeah, playing golf on the moon, that kind of thing. That's much more exciting, isn't it? I mean, so what? The moon's part (laughs) of the Earth. I mean, does it matter? We're more interested in whether we can plant a flag in the moon or not. Well, I think it's, you know, they're driving that car around, aren't they? They had that that rover up there. It was just like, you know. Yeah, and actually that that was Apollo 16. Um, Mm. So Apollo 16 landed on the moon and then the lunar rover was tested by astronauts. Uh, John W. Young and Charles M. Duke. See, you never heard of those either, mm-hmm. but they drove the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Looked like good fun. And I'm sure they had also digital watches with them as Digi- they <laughs> landed on watch. the moon, because that oh, was invented yeah. in 1972. Oh, they were so good. Mm. Uh, also, I wanted to talk about video games as well, because Atari... Of course you do. ...would be the first generation of video games with the release of Pong, and it was the first game to reach... Um, a commercial profit. Describe Pong to people because they don't know what you're talking about. Pong? That, that sounds like a... Yeah. I feel like I could... I shouldn't... People should... Everyone should know about Pong. Everyone Pong. should know about it. Well, of course, um, they, don't, where they don't, Jack. They don't... People don't know these It's this game where you have two... Um, <laughs> two lines that yes. um, you can move up and down. Right. And then you have a little ball in the centre and that gets sent. Well, it's a dot, isn't it? A dot, yes. yes. Um, it's based oh, on, I mean, you know, Pong from Ping Pong, isn't mic. it? Yeah, based on Pong from Ping Pong. But you have these two sort of... Yeah, um, we'll have to tie your hands together, Jack, I think. Okay, yeah. Stop you hitting the microphone. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, what should we do? Like handcuff you when you come in behind your back. Yeah. 
You won't be able to do anything. That would you? prevent me from hitting the microphone. Yeah. Okay, so two lines. Yeah, two lines, and then they you can move them up and down. And you had a little dial, like a volume control, mm, and yeah, you moved the lines up and down, and you had a game against somebody. Yeah, you had a game against someone. You plugged yeah. it into your television. Mm, yeah. It was like all the rage. Mm, it, w- it was pretty... Um, I think it was exciting for about 10 minutes, and then it yeah. was like, okay, let's go and get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah, it was a novelty. Let's go and play somewhere. Do just something, oh, well, this is neat. Yes. I didn't know that you could have this, but eventually um, it would start a um, whole um, generation of video games, and yeah. people would you know, start experimenting with this stuff. Yes. And then now it's one of the biggest in- industries on earth for entertainment. Yes, it is. Yeah, mm. true. All right. Thank you, Jack. Uh, this is Lou Reed and Vicious. Lou Reed and Vicious from the album Transformer. Uh, so, so you've triggered my memory now. I said I knew nothing about, I remembered nothing about 72, but uh-huh. actually, uh, yawning. Yeah, really, really oh, sorry, sorry. Boring. Uh, no. Am, uh, I, am I boring you? It's late at night. Do you want to have a nap? 
It's late at night. Yeah. It's 20 to 8. That's, that's late for me. Is it? Yes. Right. I yeah. get up at 5 every morning. Should we just wrap up now and just <laughs> go to sleep or something? We could put, I could put a really long song on and we just go to sleep. Just go home. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> I, mem- I, remember, I remember three day weeks and electricity shortages and people uh, like, like rubbish uh, refuse collectors going on strike. Yeah. And piles of rubbish in the street and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I remember that. It was awful. And I think yeah. there were rats kind of in the street because there was so much rubbish everywhere. Yeah. So it was a time of striking and a time of uh, economic kind of crisis, I think. Mm. And that was 1972. Um, so the reason that... It felt like all the 70s, but, you know, mm. obviously it's probably when it started. It's, this was pronounced this year because it started this year. And um, the inciting incident was the minor strike. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The miners um, were the ones to strike first. Um, so January 5th, the National Executive Committee rejected a pay rise offer from the National Coal Board. Right. And the National Coal Board you know, fails to get what they want. So then they, the miners go on strike um, four days later. And this is the first time they've striked since 1926. Oh. So that actually should say something. Um, yes. And they go on strike um, by picketing coal power stations first. Um, but then eventually, as it goes into late, into late for January and early February, it just escalates and escalates until um, all the power stations, and then the steelworks, and then the ports, and then the coal depots, and other major coal um, users start, you know, picketing and s- striking. Mm. And this happens for first 47 days. Um, the British Conservative government declared a state of emergency on February the 9th, which was about... Um, 29 days into the striking mm-hmm. uh, the British government then announced a three day working week on the same on February the 9th um, to save electricity and uh, then 10 days later new wages um, and a new wages agreement was reached between the National Executive Committee and uh, the government and following that uh, union members of um Accepted the accepted the agreement and returned to work. Mm. Mm. Okay, so it was, all, it was all sorted out. Yeah, by um, oh, February the twenty eighth. I'd quite like a three day week. I mean, I I probably only do three days really now. I go to work for five days, but I probably do three days of work in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I remember the power cuts. I mean, you, 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 like in the evening, just it'd be like the, the lights would suddenly go off and the TV yep. would stop, and you just sit with candles and have to talk to your parents and stuff. Oh, that's pretty. That was pretty dire. Oh dear. Yeah. Yeah. Or just go to bed, like like we're going to do in twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. There, there was no lights. So it was just like, you know, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so unemployment started to rise, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was a, an, another unemployment in nineteen seventy-two was also a big issue, as it, the number reached one million. Right. And this was that was that was actually the first time an unemployment in England reached one million since the nineteen thirties. Right, and that sort of statistic, well, is, that sort of fact, is always a bad one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the population had increased, but it was still a significant number, wasn't it? It was like mm, a milestone, yeah. I guess, in some ways. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, thank you, Jack. Uh, this is uh, Roxy Music. Make me a deal and make it 
Roxy Music on Virginia Plain from 1972. Uh, you probably have seen Roxy Music, have you? Like footage of them or anything? No, I haven't. Okay, so they they were quite a strange-looking bunch, mm-hmm. you know. And again, kind of uh, the beginning of something probably called glam rock, which was this kind of like silver and sparkles on your, f- you know, they put glitter on their face and stuff and uh-huh. makeup and that kind of stuff. Um, it was quite awful, but it it, it was probably a Maybe a reaction to the like the unemployment, the austerity of 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 Great Britain at the time. Okay, maybe. maybe. So like, how was like you know life's pre- pretty dull and dour, yeah. and everyone's on strike, and there's rubbish piling up. So let's get dressed up and. So the musicians wanted to have fun. Yeah, I guess. <coughs> well, and the followers of those musicians did the same, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I think there wouldn't there also be a musical movement that would do the opposite though. What play dour kind of not not dour blues, but blues or something or not dress up like that? Oh, I'm sure they must were. be glamorous. Uh, hmm. Yeah, possibly, but uh, yeah, but they weren't popular. Mm, I see. People like the the glamour, maybe. Okay. Yeah, hmm. yeah, and I, I used to love. So there was this program called Top of the Pops, which doesn't exist anymore, but um, it was great sitting down with your parents to watch these these kind of make men in makeup. You know, with silver hair on TV, yeah. and and to see your parents or he listen to your parents' comments of, mm-hmm. you know, oh my goodness, what does he think he is? And you know, there's no tune. I can't hear the words. 
that, that, that was kind of like like funny things. But it's yeah. probably the same for young people now. Uh, yeah, their parents probably still have the same kind of things, don't they? Reservations about, about the music they listen to, music they listen to, the things they watch, or mm. that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, what are you watching? You know that, yeah. that kind of thing. So I guess it's just a parental thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it must be just a parental thing, a generational yeah. thing. Yeah, hmm. I must start doing that more. Um, anything else from 1972? I've just talked about 1972. A little um, bit. I'm almost out of the material I want to share today, but um, I'll talk about New Zealand's uh, achievements at the Munich Olympics. So just before the horrible terrorist attack, yeah, um, New Zealand actually won a gold medal. Uh huh. And it was their rowing team that did so. Right. Um, it was one of their their all-time Olympic highlights for New Zealand because they also held off the 11 times champions for um, male uh, rowing by um, beating the United States. Right. Yeah, and they won in three seconds. Three second difference. Oh, won by three seconds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. That's good. They're good. New Zealand is a great rowing nation, isn't it? Yeah. I was, you know, I was watching it today. I don't know what I mean when you have I get like quite captivated by the rowing. I don't know why. Cause I uh, when, when you have so many rivers and <coughs> lakes and the entire, you're an island, two islands, I think you're naturally going to be pretty decent at rowing. Yeah, uh, I guess so. But it um, mm. doesn't, doesn't follow for all island nations, does it really? Does it? Maybe. Maybe it does. I just think they've got they've got something going on there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like the... You know the coaches and stuff are really good at that sort of thing, and and it's encouraged in in certain schools and that kind of thing. I think culturally we also have the canoe as a um, yeah cultural sort of symbol in our own I think heads. So. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, true as well with uh, Maori. Yeah, uh, with abs- the Maori absolutely, and how it, that was also quite important. Yes, in travelling around New Zealand. Yeah, possibly, but um, and well, whereas other countries have used boats and they had weren't using canoes. Right. Um, for long, you know, distance travel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Maybe, maybe that's got something to do with it. I, I'm just speculating. No, I think you're. I think you're probably quite right there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely. They. They. I mean, they're. They're just a. Uh, it's just a good. Good to watch, a country that's good at you know, those sorts of things. But mm. I mean, New Zealand's good at many different sports. But that's yeah, a particularly good one to watch. Our really. team is quite good. Yeah. Yeah. I like watching that. And then also the. Uh, God Defend New Zealand was played at an Olympic medal ceremony for the for the first time at because uh, of that gold medal. Because of the gold medal, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but previously, the national anthem had been uh, "God Save the Queen," but uh, it was changed. Yes, we had a new new national anthem. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad about that. Um, anything else from New Zealand in that year? Um, stuff like uh, the National Party had ended a 12-year run. Uh, and it then began the Labour government under Norman Kirk. Uh, there was a feminist magazine founded called Broadsheet. Broadsheet. Um, yep. That's a clever name. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Broadsheet. And then because um, you can't really call a woman abroad anymore. I suppose not. You're not. It's, it's no longer polite. Or no, 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 no longer a word used in. No, but that, that's the good thing about feminists that they can they can seize those words and use them for their own. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't need to be a. Well, the funny thing about language is it's just culturally dependent. Yes. Um, yeah. It apparently, is. Um, 
I don't know if I can say this on air, but um, no, you can't. You can't. I no. probably won't say it. Actually, don't say anything like that. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to. I don't know what you were going to say, but if you say, I don't think I should say this on air, then you probably shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I can, but I don't. I, I, I won't say it. Um, then uh, sorry, all back. Like, sorry, like Jack. No one's listening. It doesn't matter. You know, it's okay. Anyway, um, really. Then Keith, uh, Keith Murdoch um, got disciplined. Who was a famous all black. Oh, well, yeah. you've done something wrong. He happened to punch a security guard at um, after a night's drinking during a tour in England. Right. Okay. And uh, the, just, the just English didn't like that. Uh, just the rugby union of England. And uh, No, I'm sure. He, oh, well, it's just, you know, rugby players do that all the time, don't they? Except Maybe. he was drunk and he was... Yeah, he shouldn't have got drunk, should he? No, and he shouldn't have punched someone. Shouldn't have done, no. So I bet the security guard started it, probably. <laughs> Anyway, this is a this is a deep purple space trucking.
That was Deep Purple and Space Trucking. Not trucking, trucking mm-hmm. with an apostrophe. Yeah. You know, because that's how they did things in 1972. That's, yeah. that's right, trucking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the album Machine Head. Uh, you liked that, didn't you? You were kind of moving around to that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so that's all we've got time for. Really. It's time for Jack to go to bed. So we better we better get moving. Um, this has been totally wild on Fresh FM, and it's uh, 1972. We've been talking about events and playing music. And next week we'll do the same. Yeah. It's still 1972. Mm-hmm. So you've got some things to talk about next week. Yes, I do. That's good. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, everyone. Mm-hmm. Good uh, night. Good night. We're going to end with the Rolling Stones and all down the line. Good night. <laughs>
thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this podcast available by funding the Access Media Project. Other great podcasts from Fresh FM are available through the accessmedia.nz app or our website freshfm.net.